Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It must be 11 o'clock and it must be Friday night because I see Will Allred on my computer screen. Will, how are you, buddy? Doing all right. How are you doing, man? It is another another uh, explain yourself night, right? That that is, that is it, but we don't have to explain ourselves. Patrick Kellner, you're going to have to explain yourself tonight. Uh, welcome to our show. I uh, appreciate having you. And uh, if someone was walking past your booth at a convention, uh, what would you say in 15 to 30 seconds to let them know about Gage and the Dragon's Tear? Oh, difficult task, as we earlier discussed. <laughs> um, so my book is a medieval fantasy book. Um, the first three issues are kind of unraveling three various threads that eventually come together. The first one being about the uh, title character, Gage. He's a renowned thief. He's been looking for something called the Dragon's Tear, and it's recently resurfaced. That's book one. Book two is about Raven Cal. Um, recently returning home, um, kind of on a quest for revenge, looking for the guy that killed his dad 10 years earlier. And then the, the current book uh, is uh, about Dar Hester and uh, the Tolliver family. And uh, that kind of sums it up, I guess, as best as I can right now. So we've got we've got a third book coming out. How many issues are you thinking this uh, this story will unfold through? So I have eight issues written and edited. I have another four written after that, which is a different character arc. And then maybe four or five kind of as a thought in my in my mind, but not not hashed out in concrete just yet. Okay, so about about sixteen issues, a little bit of a a maxi limited, but not a maxi series. Okay, that's not bad at all. We're going to get in depth on that. Oh, Gerald, what is up with you? Good to see you, Gerald from the Breakneck Anthology. We got to talk to him last week. Um, we are going to do an in depth talk on Gage and the Dragons tier tonight. But before that, we have a campaign from uh, George O'Connor, who was on our show about three weeks ago now, Will, two or three. And he has an anthology called Toddler Apocalypse. We're going to bring that up because it is closing in about, well, you know what? Let's open up the page and look at it because I think it's about a half hour to 45 minutes. So I we want to make sure. 25 minutes left, man. 25. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Let me verify that. 
I am sharing that screen, so we're going to find out. I see. No, 50, uh, 54. Yeah. Nope. Oh, yeah, 54. We saw that screen go up for to eight over $8,800. <laughs> well, Toddler Apocalypse is an absolutely hilarious prem- premise if uh, you didn't see the show that George was on. It's six, six different, I believe, stories about end of times and how having a young child, which <laughs> Patrick can is in the throes of, <laughs> um, could make the end of the world even more uh, frustrating and terrible than you would think it would be. Um, so uh, <laughs> as somebody who, no, I've got a 13-year-old. Will's got twin grown adults. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you think about you know, the apocalypse with a, a child that you absolutely adore, I'm I'm sure, but uh, is four and a half. What do you think it would be like? Uh, well, my wife is an ICU nurse, so I almost feel like I live there now. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just dealing with with her schedule, but yeah, that would be a quite the difficult situation. I'm sure there's a lot of times you'd be thinking about just. Uh, pitching the little guy away for some bait so you could make an escape. <laughs> I mean, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta make, make it so you can make more after the apocalypse. Right. I mean, exactly. Little guy can't have kids for 10 years. You can have more right now. Well, yeah, nine months. Exactly. It's just math. It's good science. Good so, science. Absolutely. I, I, I adore the concept of toddler apocalypse. Uh, the artwork on it is incredible. Um, if you have if you haven't been there, check out the campaign before before it closes. Maybe we'll try to sneak out over there uh, before it closes and get back on it. And so, George has put together an awesome team. Lots of yeah. great, lots of great uh, writers and artists on this. And George is, you know, an awesome dude too. Yeah, so. fabulous dude. So um, you know what? Right now, let's let's get into Gage because talking about a, an awesome team and awesome artwork. I'm going to pull up the screen. Um, actually, before that, I'm going to pull up your actual. And we do have some comments. Um, I'm going to, I'll, I'll pull those up while you're doing that. Um, so what do we call ourselves? Yeah. <laughs> Wait. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you know what? It's, you know, that's up to you guys. I'm yeah. not even going to get involved. You guys call yourself what you want, what you want. We're, we just, we're just happy you're here. Yeah. So, uh, and our buddy Blake, uh, know thy selvers. <laughs> I think it's pretty good. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna pull up the screen for Gage because I forgot to put the uh, the URL on the banner, so I can I can copy that while we're on the page. So this is this is uh, you know what a well-oiled machine that you joined, Patrick. I, I didn't I don't know if you realized how professional Will and I actually were when you said yes to joining us. Well, I should fit right in here then. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, as I just uh, deleted your uh, URL instead of copying it. <laughs> nice. This is in real time, people. Real time. That's right. <laughs> ah, forget it. It's fine. Who is the the art team on this? Because the yeah. preview pages you had were are absolutely incredible. Like, okay, so the uh, all the line work is done by, and I'm going to butcher his last name, Donnie Hadiwajaja. He's from Indonesia, so he he penciled and inked all of this stuff. I pretty much worked exclusively with him um, on all the stuff I've done. I did have, uh, and the colors are by DC Alonzo. 
I did do a variant cover this time. It's something I hadn't done before. Um, George's Jaunty. Yeah. He did Buffy. I think he's on the Star Wars books now. He's a local guy, and I'd met him several times. Um, Dragon Con is something I kind of always go to just as a civilian, not as anything with, with comics. Yeah. Um, I'd met him several times down there, and he was always a really nice guy. So when I saw him there this last summer, or I'm trying to think when it has been. Yeah, it was this last summer, the pandemic and whatnot. Mm. Um, I just kind of, you know, what would you charge me to do this? And are you interested? And uh, we ended up putting it together. So that is who did the variant cover in DC. Um, he colored that that cover as well. George's is the first artist I ever bought um, in, in an interior page from. Me too. I got a, I got a I got a Buffy page with a really beautiful uh, shot of you know basically Sarah. Uh, it was it, it just gorgeous. Got Xander and Buffy on the page, and I, uh, I was having a terrible, terrible, terrible convention. I yeah. was upset. Nothing. Everything was going wrong, and so I just got out my wallet and just spent my way into happiness. But <laughs> I have an amazing Georges Genty uh, page from it, so I, I guess that's okay. Yeah, that's not a bad strategy. That's a uh, you come home with something that way for sure. Now, is this cover, this variant it's a cover, is it, homage. is it um, available in this campaign? It is. You can you can actually buy that artwork. That artwork is available, um, and obviously the books with that cover are available yeah. as well. Oh yeah, it's gorgeous. Hell of a nice guy too. Re really is. Yes. Nice person. So, where did the the idea uh, first germinate for uh, Gage and the Dragons Tear? You know, I thought about that, just about that character and kind of a scene kind of flashing into my head. And I don't know how everybody else does it, but, you know, I have like some kind of a solid idea just about a person or even a scene. And then it's kind of what if questions or how, who are these people? How did they get here? Um, and I honestly, like when I first came up with this idea, I was like, it'd be cool to do that as animation. Mm. And then, of course, you quickly start looking at what it takes to produce animation, the workload, the cost, the team of people you have to have. And it's like, OK, well, that's not that's not something you jump uh, jump into with no experience. So instead, you got an artist who can give you waves crashing that actually looks like it's moving on a static image. <laughs> well, you know what? This I probably started messing with this like 10 years ago. So I my. I'm the youngest of four. My middle brother is one of those guys who's got like some, he's got some talent for art, but just never did anything with it. And so I kind of started with him like, Hey, uh, what do you think you want to do this? And he was the one who initially got me into comics. Hmm. And, uh, you know, we started kicking around ideas and it's like, he just wasn't committed to it. And the idea kind of died. Um, I kind of considered doing it as prose. And I just don't find, I read as many prose books as I do comics, but I didn't find that method of creation to be very satisfying. It's like you, you sit at the computer, you type, you got this, you know, Word document or whatever. Um, but the visual elements, the artistic side of it, I liked, that's what, you know, so I kind of circled back to that and was like, well, I'm, this is still on my mind. And of course, rookie mistake, start with a, an eight issue project, the, the epic fantasy, as opposed to shorts, like everybody tells you. Yeah. Um, 
so I eventually circled back to it. I went through a couple of different uh, people I was working with to do character designs. And then I eventually um, hooked up with Ed, who's the letterer. And that he's kind of been the uh, a real key ingredient for me getting any of this stuff done. Just, you know, that I'm sure everybody that, that does this has that one person they meet that's like actually helpful. That's not trying to rip them off. That's giving them real good information. And I used Ed's um, website, which I don't even know if they have up now, which was digital webbing. And that's how I found Donnie. And then I started having Donnie kind of chip away at this. So I actually finished that whole first issue before I did a Kickstarter. I just over the course of a year and a half or something, just a couple pages at a time. Yeah. So uh, Gerald says, "Damn, that's one savage-looking book." I, I agree. When I when I saw this artwork, I was just like, "It's, it's amazing." And you know what? It's fantasy. So you're you're right, and you're you're just you're speaking my language. I, I I see swords, I see shields, I see art like that. I'm in. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's I'm all in. Donnie. I mean, that's the best. The art is the best salesperson for the book. Is like, mm -hmm. here it is. So. We're looking 16 issue maxi series, possibly about 12 issues, definitely map strong. If you do get to that 16 that you're you're thinking about, would that be a definitive ending or are there maps that you could follow in your world? I have not thought much beyond that point because it's one of those things, you know, right now what I've been able to do is one book a year. Mm -hmm. So you start talking about sick. It's like, that's a long ways off unless <laughs> things really pick up, unless we really start hitting a lick on some of these Kickstarters, man. So to be honest, um, I know for me too, as a creator, I can definitely be stalled by the fact that you have an idea and it's like, it's not going to be produced. It's going to sit on a shelf. Mm -hmm. um, so that's definitely something that slows me down. And I just have not thought you know much beyond those 16 issues at this point. No, I, I, when I started uh, Tart with, with Ludo, both of us, you know, knew nothing about actually making comics. We both liked comics and we had a story we wanted to tell. And what I didn't know, and Willis heard the story, <laughs> what I didn't know is that French uh, artists are used to doing one 42 page book a year. And what he didn't know is that American creators are, you know, looking to do 10 to 12 18 to 22 page issues a year and neither one of we were so ignorant neither one of us told the other one what we were expecting <laughs> and we have averaged out to about four issues a year um yeah. <laughs> which is right in the middle of him wanting to do one and me wanting to do 10 to 12 and i i laid out about a 42 page epic because just like you I thought it's got to be a long series for <laughs> anyone to want to make it. Right. Yep. And uh, so we we're having a conversation and he's like, this is going to be like a 12 year project. And I'm like, no, it's going to be like a four year project. <laughs> and then both of us realized what we were looking at. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, what? the yeah. aha moment, you don't know what you don't know. Shawnee, we can, hey, we can start the show. Shawnee's here. Yeah. <laughs> but in, in Kevin's defense, they're up to issue 14 now. I mean, yep. yeah, that's just amazing. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I I'm going to, I'm going to embarrass Kevin. What do I have here, Kevin? I'm, I'm never embarrassed <laughs> about Connor, Connor's art on my book. Uh, yeah. Oh, I, it will be a, a sort of a show exclusive. Um, yeah. Tart 14, Very just nice. comic impressions uh, delivered it to my door today. 
So uh, part of the reason I couldn't get, you were nice enough to send Gage and I wasn't able to get to it because I've been bagging and boarding 200 comics today to start <laughs> fulfillment. So yep. I hope you can forgive me, but I, I had It'll to. Be there. <laughs> I had, I, you know, you got to take care of your backers, right? That's right. <laughs> Priorities. So, um, yeah, so in, in the chat, they're taking a poll. Are the watchers of Explain Yourself explainers, yourselfers, or know thyselfers? <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see what you guys decide. That's right. And I want to be like, like my favorite. There too. <laughs> yeah, I want to be like my favorite murder where, you know, we can look on Etsy and people are stitching this stuff yeah. on, on things. Shipping. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> So well, this is what? your this is your third uh, campaign. Um, how uh, all all three of them, I assume, have been on Kickstarter. How's kind of your experience been with? I mean, you know, there's the art side of what we do. You know, the mm -hmm. writing, the art, and the the project management stuff. And then there's Kickstarter, which is its whole other thing. So, yeah. I mean, I, and and correct me if I'm wrong, or if your experience has been different, but. When you start doing this, you find out that the comic book business is the marketing business, just like every other business. <laughs> and that's, you know, I don't think anybody gets into doing comics because they want to be in marketing. But uh, probably like you guys as well, like a lot of stuff, just kind of taking advice and kind of learning from the ground up, like how you approach this and how you're supposed to do it. Um, and, you know, not honestly not learning fast enough or learning enough, period, like. I don't have a handle on how you should do ads. That kind of seems like a kind of a mystery to me. I think I ran a couple for the first campaign. I really don't know if I had the analytics to figure out if they were working the right way. Um, and even doing this stuff, you know, like I'm not a in front of the camera guy. I'm not somebody that, you know, seeks out attention. So this is, you know, this is the first time that I've done any of these, any of these interviewing with people. So, but clearly it's an important piece of the puzzle. Mm -hmm. So uh, trying to learn this, trying to step out of the comfort zone a little bit and do these kind of things um, seems to help, seems to make a difference. I, I think it does. People getting to, especially in the crowdfunding, people getting to know the creators is important because, um, you know, people are really pulling for the book and or the creators. Now, hopefully, once they've read the book, they're pulling for both. You know, that's what that's the, the goal is to either be a good enough marketer to get people to the book and then them loving the book enough that who cares if you market well yep. or having a book so good that marketing doesn't matter, but yep. kind of doing both is, is the goal, yep. but uh, you can only be so good at either. So yeah. <laughs> you constantly well, yeah, on job. <laughs> it, it can, it can feel like it. Um, I, I know that I'm kind of goofy enough that, I've got, I say something stupid on Twitter every day that doesn't have anything to do with marketing. And then I can do like two or three marketing tweets and feel like, you know, like I'm not just selling, yep. but I'm just being an idiot. The other, I'm like, all right, you know, like my wife's not here to be an idiot too. So I'm going to go to Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and another thing too, the uh, indie comics in general are just a really supportive bunch of people. But then there's the Kickstarter community, comics community too, and they're extremely, extremely supportive. And then just mm -hmm. getting to meet all these other creators. I mean, that's one of the the great things about doing this. I mean, I get to chat with Kevin every week, which is, you know, mm. that's that's the reason Crap. I do this. But, uh, <laughs> but getting to hear, you know, hear how, you know, you do something or something, you know. Yeah. 
I, I'm not going to speak for Kevin, but you know, I'm I'm basically writing stuff down to steal every every week. You know, yep. so that's that's what I do. Yeah, I, I steal blatantly when somebody has a great idea, and just usually I'll give them credit if I remember it. But I still, you know, I don't do them as much. But I used to do first day prints. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you back in the first day, you get a, a print, and I just stole that whole hog from Tyler James. Yep. I saw Tyler James do it. I saw that it was a good idea and I just stole it. But I always said, Hey guys, I stole this from Tyler James. Yeah. <laughs> so I gave him credit, but I, I definitely stole it. Well, that's something that he had said before, which is like something I have trouble with is like, you are not your ideal customer. And so mm-hmm. those ideas, I'm always like, well, I wouldn't care about that. I'm just buying a book. Like, mm-hmm. so a lot of those ideas don't occur to me or I wouldn't follow through with them for that very reasons. And it's, you know, it's something, again, part of that learning curve, figuring out how and what to do, um, yeah. getting out of your own way. <laughs> basically. And, and Comics Launch has been such a help. I mean, I, I've said this before, you know, I, I probably wouldn't be have any successful Kickstarters if it weren't for, you know, Tyler and, and Comics Launch just because. There was so much I didn't know, yeah. you know, and, and yeah. he's got such a great, you know, the, yeah. the podcast and the classes. It's, it's just awesome. Yeah. Well, now we're, that, that, I'm, I apologize, Kevin, yeah. that, that calculator, it's like that was one of the first things where it's <laughs> like, OK, a book is going to cost me X number of dollars per page. It's this many pages. That's this much. OK, how much can I raise? Like. Oh, <laughs> like yeah. that's the one I need. So I guess yeah. I better get a little more of this done before I take it to the platform. <laughs> yeah, we, you know, you talked about ads. We are not sponsored by Comics Launch, but both Will and I met in Comics Launch, and yeah. I do recommend it. I, I, I don't recommend the podcast. I tell you, you have to listen to the first 12 to 15 episodes of the podcast. You have to go back to whatever it was 2016 when he started. You have to listen to those dozen or so podcasts. Yep. And then I would cherry pick podcasts throughout the years of anything that seems interesting because Tyler is a wealth of information and he gives a ton of it away for free. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You can also then invest in yourself with the comics launch course and get a lot more actionable things that I found worth my investment. So Tyler hasn't given us a penny penny to say this, <laughs> but both Will and I got so much out of comics launch. We're willing to say it about it. Well, the community that you become a part of when you're mm-hmm. a member there is worth its way. Is That's worth what you pay to be in that program pretty much right there. Now, you are right, Gerald. We are sponsored by Microsoft <laughs> Excel whenever Phil Falco is on. Uh, now That's my buddy, talk- Phil. That's right, we're, Phil, right here. <laughs> we're going to talk about haunting later. So, you know, we'll partially say that Microsoft Excel sponsored tonight. But um, since he's not on screen, it's not quite as, as uh, serious. Now, one thing Blake, Blake of the Blake Buzz podcast says, your Kickstarter has pretty solid numbers for not doing many or any interviews. So that's that's great because if you yeah. can get to this level of success and you're just now opening yourself up to this, then there's there's so, many, so much room to grow. Um, and the thing is, each individual podcast might, get you in front of three, five, 10, you know, 50 people, depending on the, the podcast. But in aggregate, if yeah. it's three, five, 10, 15, 50, and you do 20, you know, 
a dozen of these, yep. you, you got the chance to put get 25 to 100 extra backers. And at the end of the day, 25 to 100 extra backers That's is huge. enormous, right? Yes. You know, so. Then, uh, so this is only the second one I've done and I've only got five days left. So the uh, this this may be the last hurrah as far as uh, the interviews, <laughs> the interview circuit for me. But well, uh, something I'll bring to the table next time when I'm when the next campaign fires up. Yeah, I, I have a feeling that you, you might you might be able to uh, send an an, uh, uh, an email to Blake for for <laughs> issue four and see if he's got forty five minutes for you because it, he's a great really great interviewer. He, I'm just mad because I haven't figured out the time with him yet. You know, usually he, he does his interviews when I'm eating dinner. So we've got, to, I've got to figure out how to get on his podcast. That is another hurdle is like, I'll be here with my son. I told, I told you the, uh, the last interview I did was uh, JD Calderon and, uh, the, my wife's birthday was the day before. And so mm -hmm. that day she was going to dinner with her friends and it's like, I couldn't be like, hey, I'm doing a comic book interview. She'd be like, no, I'm going to dinner. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, she had a six o'clock um, reservation. I was like, all right, she'll be home by eight. That interview starts at 730. I can manage them for 30 minutes. I know I can. I can keep right. them off screen. Right. And by the end of the interview, she wasn't home. And he climbs up in my lap, like as I'm sitting here and goes to sleep. <laughs> Hey. Like, well, <laughs> this is how it went down. <laughs> no, nothing, nothing wrong with that. No, I did notice this another, comment. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Gerald says straight up. Part of the biggest success I put on the networking with other creators through these podcasts and shows, the indie comics creator community is so supportive, and you get out what you put in. Absolutely, you get mm -hmm. out what you put in. You, you know, Will and I make no bones about this. We started this show with. A crossover division campaign running and a tarp campaign running yep. and wills wills you were still you were only running for that first week of the show right i think so or yeah, yeah i think so like it's, one, it's, one or two yeah and uh you know i told everybody i'm running for three weeks i'm going to do this every friday friday night and will was like I'm coming back next week. I said, okay. <laughs> and then the next week he's like, I'm coming back next week. I said, okay. <laughs> and then I closed my campaign and I was, I emailed him. I'm like, I'm having fun. You want to just keep doing this? He's like, yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so we started this just kind of uh, let's get together with everybody who has a campaign. Let's talk about each other's stuff. And uh, you know, I talked about tart. He talked about crossover division. We, we got out plenty of of our you know marketing but yeah. uh it's been really fun to meet like george o'connor uh meet uh m sorcier you know like a, a lot of people that i didn't know carl slaminski that guy slings ink like a motherfucker totally. you know we have we have an inside joke on the show from a guy i'd never met a month ago it's beautiful <laughs> and he, he might he might be goth we don't know he, you yeah know. <laughs> <laughs> um you know and another challenge that we have is you know lining up i mean kevin and i are night owls but mm -hmm. you know you're, when you're talking about you know hey i want to get my art team on you know alice for me is is in france you know ludo is in france and you know mm -hmm. you've got this time differential um you know uh so i'm sure you know in philippines indonesia, right yeah yeah oh <laughs> indonesia i'm sorry yeah yeah that's donnie's in indonesia same hey, thing so it's yeah. like yeah, trying to pull everybody together is definitely a, a, a huge hurdle to jump over. You know, and it was it was funny the uh, before Alice started working, uh, 
uh, Alice Leclerc, I, I said, you know, hey, let's let's try to get together as a time. So I, I got Alice together. I got uh, Ryan Kroboth, who's an awesome dude, uh, as the colorist. Super nice guy. Yeah, and I got he's uh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Brant Fowler, another he's great okay. guy. Yeah, he's okay too. Uh, and James uh, Powell. Yeah, awesome I got him uh, editing something for me now. Oh, and nice. We, we got uh, we got together for just like a thirty minute, you know, uh, hangout uh, with video. You know, just saying, hey, hey, this is this is us. This is the creative team. And I, I was, I was surprised at how much fun something like that was. And you know, it was, it's, you know, it's. But again, you know, it is a it's a struggle because you know, and tell 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 your magic art elf story, Kevin. Well, I mean, you. He, I'm sure. I'm sure you feel this. Is I usually write in the evening, and I'll send Ludo an email. I go to sleep. I wake up. There's something in my email that's drawn. It's like it's literally is like I I went to sleep and elves made shoes, and I woke up and they were there. It was. It's so beautiful. To Very have nice. that, that, and I'm no, I'm sure you have that because he's in Indonesia, so it, yes. he's working when you're sleeping and vice versa. Yep. Yeah, we're <laughs> a 12 hour difference, so it's like I'll be getting up, he's going to bed. Like, same exact thing happens all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Be like, yeah here's some layouts that I didn't know were coming in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, <laughs> nice it's art, art emails are the best emails. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So. I noticed the uh, you said DC Alonzo did the coloring. Um, you you said you kind of got through him, or the letterer was kind of your into the team. Ed Dukeshire was basically he was kind of just the guy that really helped me out and kind of started pointing me in the right direction. I'm sure everybody has the same thing where like you come in, you don't know what things are supposed to cost. I remember I had I had somebody quote me like. $300 a page for pencils and inks. And it's like very quickly as an indie guy, you're like, Whoa, man. Like, okay. So I guess I'm done here. Like that's an insurmountable task. And it's like, right. that guy's trying to make money. I get it. But it's like, I mean, I was basically just about out of it at that point right there. So somebody like Ed, who's super experienced and has kind of worked everywhere and kind of knows what things are. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. He was super, super helpful. Um, and kind of point me in the right direction, kind of get me rolling. Yeah, and it's very tough because $300 a page for somebody working in America is not an, it's an exorbitant amount to pay as an indie writer. Yeah. It's not an exorbitant amount for an artist to be paid for doing the page. Yeah. Yeah. Because of everything that goes into it. So it is very difficult because. You know, you hear that huge rate and you go 300 times 24. Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah. And you kind of go back and forth and you try to figure out it's they're not asking a crazy number. It's just a crazy number to pay, especially yeah. with the margins of a comic book. And you that know, doesn't I, include colors or lettering or, lettering. <laughs> or editing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's difficult, but you know, you get sometimes you get the the positive um, uh, currency exchange can work out for you. Yep. Um, it didn't work out, but I once tried to hire a, a Russian artist, and you know, at that point the ruble was just dying, mm -hmm. and I was able to pay him very little in, in American money, and it was 
paying him quite well. It just didn't work out because of creative things. But, you know, like you kind of feel good that you can really help somebody sustain their life elsewhere because of a currency exchange. Now, I, I two French people were, you know, the currency exchange actually doesn't work in anybody's favor. I don't have any idea about Indonesian money, but I, I hope it works out for you in, in that way. But yeah, you gotta, you gotta figure stuff out and whatever you're paying uh, the artist, you don't have to say uh, is worth every single penny because the yeah, images yeah. you're showing is absolutely incredible. Well, and that's, I'm like, I've been working, like I said, almost exclusively with Donnie. And it's like, you have a couple of bad experiences with artists and there, I don't know. I work in the, in the real world. I work in real estate and like mm. the stuff that I see people kind of in the artistic endeavors do from a business standpoint, I'm like, do you guys really want to do this? Or <laughs> I don't, mm. I don't get what you're doing here. So, you know, you get comfortable with somebody that's, that's you know, a good artist and is handling your vision well. And it's like, yeah. so I haven't really even considered looking for other artists at this point for, for any of the pages. I don't think there's, there's any reason the longer you can have a co-creator that's part of the team, yep. you know, DC, DC Hopkins is my letter on every book that I can yep. possibly get him on because, you know, I can trust him. He's within my budget. He's extraordinarily talented. Like, you stick with the team because they're they're the reason everybody else makes the writer look good and we get all this credit for it because the team is awesome uh speaking yeah. of money charlie says charlie signey says this show costs me money every week us too yeah. like we <laughs> and that's our goal ultimately i mean i mean our goal is to get these campaigns funded and to get great comic books um but yeah we really need the actual microsoft excel money wills to, yeah. <laughs> to pay for some of these right. at some point we'll have to work on that more i'll talk to phil <laughs> that's it uh blake says um how's it work with kickstarter and art does it come from funding do you pay it up front and this is something i'm have to think about right now um do you want to take that in in your case patrick okay so my first book i paid 100 percent out of pocket until it was finished i never mm -hmm. stepped to kickstarter until i had paid for everything um and the way that i do it now still is like i'm not gonna ask somebody on a bet like hey man if this works out you'll get paid like i don't i don't do that with anybody everybody and it's something I say, like, I always send out an email once whenever I cross the funding goal, which is like, hey, everybody, don't uh, don't get, you know, just because we reached the goal, <laughs> there's a long way to go before we're at a break even point. And it's yeah. only the artists that are getting paid. Like, I'm not going to Spago once this thing closes. Like, <laughs> the artists get paid and I'm just trying to fill in the gaps. So all the work that I do, I pay it out of pocket. Um mm -hmm. And then you go to Kickstarter and whatever I can recoup is what I recoup. And that pretty much goes into the next project. Yeah. Ignacio answered. It depends on each creator, Blake. And so there's kind of a, there's a math to it. Um, you're, you've got to figure out what you can afford and how much of the projects you can have finished before you get to Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. um, the simple math, Blake is, the more of your project is done, the more backers will trust you to deliver. Yes. I, because car accidents happen and sprained wrists happen um, and people's computers dying happen, I have 100% of the artwork 
done before I come to a campaign, which means I have to nine times out of 10, I have to pay for it. Now, Ludo and I've been working together a long time. There have been some campaigns where he said, you can pay me after the Kickstarter. I'm okay for this or vice versa. But for the most part, Ludo is finished with his line art and his colors, and he's paid before the Kickstarter campaign. I then have to make a decision. Is my goal printing two to $4,000, or is my goal printing plus artwork eight to $10,000? My mm -hmm. thought has always been, because I'm not really a gambler, I've already paid for the art. I need to recoup what I can recoup and it's all or nothing. So I, my goals are to get it printed and then stretch goals, try to get me back to the artwork. That's the way I do it. Some, some people say I need $22,000 to do this. And when we get the money, the artist is going to start. That is something that you can only do if you have an incredible amount of built up trust yeah. of delivering. Um, I can't speak for Pat Shand, but he has built up enough trust that I don't believe all of his projects are finished when he kickstarts. But he's done five volumes of Destiny in New York. He's delivered them all, and he's always creating, delivering, creating, delivering. So he's built that up, Blake. I recommend you getting as much of your book done as you can afford without, you know, not eating. <laughs> and yeah, then coming to Kickstarter. creator with a new project too, you're going to have a real hard time selling something when you can't even show them what it is. Right. It's like, Hey, it's, it's going to be great. Just trust me. Don't, <laughs> that's going to be a tough putt. Well, yeah, there's I, a, I, go ahead. Oh, there's just a lot of these things you have to figure out that work for you. And everybody kind of starts here and there and finds out where they are. Well, that's when I, when I started issue one, it was like I had the exact same thoughts. Like, okay, well, I'll get to like page 12 and I'll have a preview mm -hmm. and then I'll be able to get the rest of the book. But then again, you go to that calculator and it's like, that's not quite going to do it. <laughs> so I have to adjust the plan. I have to get more of this done. It has to be pushed further down the line before you can kind of get to that point. Yeah. Well, and you know, with, with the way I've done, you know, crossover division, it's, my goal is to always have the art done before we kickstart. Now life gets in the way, you know, mm -hmm. and typically by the time, uh, by the time we do a Kickstarter, we're usually about three quarters of the art is finished. Um, so I, you know, if it's, if it's not going to be that, cause I figure then we've got the month of the Kickstarter and then we've got at least two weeks after that gives us mm -hmm. you know, some wiggle room there because the Kickstarter is 30 days, 31 days. And then, Kickstarter won't release funds for a, around 10 to 14 days. So that's other time that we can be doing things that, you know, in preparation for when we need to go. Um, I always, um, and I hope, I hope my artists will, will back me on this, but I always really try to, to be as understanding as possible when it comes to art, because art is so physically intensive and I want to mm -hmm. make sure that they feel like me as the writer and project manager or whatever plus the rest of the team is really there supporting them because mm -hmm. it's it's a big deal I mean, 24 pages and i'm one of those guys that do 24 pages so mm -hmm. 24 pages of art is is a commitment and it's a marathon and it's just so difficult and i've got nothing but respect for artists that can do it 
uh, especially mm -hmm. my artists love my arts so yeah no it, it's <laughs> like i mean throw throw out whatever is on your mind with all this because <clears throat> it's part of what we're here for is if yeah. you have a question and we can kind of go through it one of the things about these questions is i don't think about these things until somebody asks me so i learn what i think sometimes answering questions so if you've got anything blake we're we're happy to go through it uh gerald put up um <laughs> or new creators can come talk to ignacio and i about their first shorts anthologies yeah you could be in breakneck volume well i think breakneck volume two is pretty close to full maybe like three three four <laughs> yeah their breakneck is a fantasy black and white anthology which we're going to talk about uh in in depth a little well not in depth we're going to do our short little thing at the end but every one of the creative teams was it was pretty much their first you know six to eight pages uh of comic produced which is kind of a lovely thing the insane thing about it is it's all unbelievably beautiful art so it's like they found like four or five artists that are going to be working for marvel image and dc in the next five years and they're all in this first volume of an anthology so it's pretty <laughs> insane yeah. uh Ignatia wrote, dude, I remember doing the 50 pages for Killaroo and the days blended together and I even worked in my dreams. Oh, wow. That, 50 pages. That's a, that, that's a heavy lift, man. Yeah. Bravo. I, uh, I used to bartend at the uh, pool at the Hard Rock. Do you guys see the commercials for the Guitar Hotel? No. Well, it's it's down here in South Florida, but they uh, we watch a lot of Hulu, and their the ad for the Guitar Hotel is on it all the time. I don't know, maybe it's a South Florida thing, but uh, they have a tropical pool down there, and I used to bartend there. So, one Fourth of July, I think I probably did about twelve hundred pina coladas, rum runners, or you know strawberry daiquiris in in a shift a day, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And I came into work on Monday and I told my boss, you owe me overtime. He said, why? I said, because I made fucking frozen daiquiris for you all night as I slept. <laughs> I literally, my dreams were just doing this. <laughs> the worst fucking night of my life. So Ignacio, yes, I can't draw, but I understand. <laughs> so um, you've got... Um... How much time left on on this Kickstarter? Did it just launch? Um, no, I got five days left. Five days left. Closing okay. in on it, man. Awesome. Well, any plans? I mean, I know um, you know Kevin and I were talking about kind of how we got started doing this. It was basically a you know a last hour countdown of of our campaigns, and then we kind of mm -hmm. enjoyed it. So, anything planned for for your you know your your backers or? Your, your tribe I don't have anything special like like that planned off uh, the top of my head um i tell you man this 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 year ended in kind of a it was a tough end to 2021 i had a lot of stuff i haven't kind of gone into it i don't want to you know put it out and and you know maybe yeah. something i'll talk about after the campaign just mm -hmm. uh i guess one of the big things is my wife was in school for the last 15 months while working full time and so oh, wow. Honestly, I'm not as prepared coming into this campaign as I would like to have been, but I'd set the date. So it's like, hey, you got to push forward and get it done. <laughs> so uh, maybe some of the, the fireworks and things may be missing um, as far as any kind of special thing like that is concerned. Well, I will say, make sure you have the page open 
yeah. on the campaign because yeah. there will be fireworks. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope. Yeah, I mean, you you look good. You're you're, you're past your funding goal. You you know, I saw it go up when I went to look at it just now. So you've had yeah. like two or three. So yeah. you you know what you don't understand is you're getting into the last five days of the explain yourself bump. That's uh, right. <laughs> the the numbers after this are going to be extraordinary. You don't understand. It might just be two backers, but we take credit for both. Totally, yeah, totally. If all it's down twenty to backers, we take credit for twenty. Even people we've never met, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> never seen the show. We do. I think it's due. <laughs> although it's although Blake does say you got twenty five from him and Shawnee, so I think we actually technically can truthfully take. Credit I really for appreciate it, guys. Thanks, thanks and, everybody. Uh, because <laughs> we back everything. So, too. <laughs> yeah, we take we take a lot of credit for shit that we didn't do. So it's kind of funny when it actually uh, does happen. So Blake and Shawnee and anyone else who who did back, we do thank you and Charlie. Yeah, thanks so much, guys. Um, but I mean, all we can do is get people to. We we do joke about this, but all we can do is tell people that the the project exists and here's the page. Yep you got the backer, you know, you created the project, you created the book. And I always pass credit along to Donnie. I always feel like his <laughs> art is what, is what sells it. Uh, I'm kind of just giving him an opportunity to do what he does is what it feels like a lot of the time. Yeah. You know what? That's, that's, it's true. I don't know of a writer who doesn't say that because we understand. Mm -hmm. It's you a know? visual medium. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. They, so, uh, they sit, Go ahead. Uh, you know, we're, we're talking about us being writers and, you know, worshiping our artists. Uh, but um, how, I mean, you've talked about kind of how you met, you know, through digital webbing. Um, what does, you know, the collaboration between you and Donnie look like? Are you full script? Are you, um, how, how, how does that look? Okay, so I, I do everything full script. Mm -hmm. But I always tell Donnie, like, hey, man, you're the visual guy. Like, if, if you need another panel, if you need less panels, like, if something you can get it done better than what I've got on the page, man, have at it. Like, I try to get I, I try to get out of those guys way as much as possible and not be like, hey, it absolutely must look like this. It, you know, um, and I kind of feel like they, those guys work better when you do that. Like, hey, mm -hmm. do what you do. Um, you know, your skill set better than I do. And uh you know, let them, let them do the work. And that's, that seems to be the best results, the, the way I've gotten the best results out of Donnie. Um, just kind of let him take the page and get it done. Yeah. That, I mean, I think I remember, uh, and I know Kevin will probably correct me on this if I got it wrong, but uh, God damn right. I will. <laughs> I think uh, Neil Gaiman said it best. It's kind of, uh, you know, a script is like a long letter to your, your artist. Yeah. And it, kind of just explains things and it's a place to start it's mm -hmm. not the be all end all it's just yep. the first step well yep. yeah and to go that he learned it from alan moore and you know alan moore's page scripts are <laughs> he'll do like a 13 page pages of a script for page one yeah i've read that too and then at the, the, you know, so panel one will have be a four pages long in a script. And then the last sentence will be, I don't know. That's how I see it. You draw it any way you want, <laughs> which is beautiful because he's thought about it so much. He has such a grand idea and also he's not precious about it. And he's yeah. Alan fucking Moore. 
no shit. <laughs> you know, but you know, there are some writers who are extraordinarily. Um, I just looked it up to make sure I remember Ed Brubaker. I, I heard him interviewed once, and he said, "Well, I'm the writer, so I write what is on the page, and then they draw what I want them to draw." Um, but he's Ed Brubaker, so he can do that too. <laughs> you know, like. It, it, it kind of everything works how you make it work, but I would definitely say if, if you haven't written 400 comic scripts, I definitely let your artist play a little bit before you get to. Well, the, the interesting <laughs> thing is, is Donnie ultimately does pretty much stick to what I've got there, and he's just able to give you know a more dynamic view than what I would have thought, a much better uh, panel. You know, what mm -hmm. I've said is there, and he's done it better than I you know better than I envisioned it in my head. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say 90% of the changes that I've seen an artist make have made the story better. Mm -hmm. And the 10% that haven't is usually translation. Yeah. You know, he mistranslated uh, English to French, or I was stupid and I um, just used a, a throwaway English phrase that doesn't make any sense to him. And it yeah. confused him. Yeah. So although one time that happened and the he got confused and drew something different and it made it a thousand times better. <laughs> so even, even mistranslations can make your comic better kids. I, uh, yeah. Well, it is 1150 and we know we've kept you up past your regular bedtime. So, um, what we're going to do now is say, thank you very much. We're going to go show the page real quickly because, Mm -hmm. uh this is one of those nights where we've got one person on the panel so why shouldn't we check your campaign exactly. out and show that art one more time and then will and i are going to talk about the campaigns that are still alive and you do not have to hang with us uh if it's time to kind of get some rest i don't want to and we're not going to talk about you next week unfortunately no no you're ending this is before. your one time <laughs> what um, coming to a close <laughs> I, I used I did your catch up tier because I had missed uh, campaigns for issues one and two. Yep. Um, so hopefully the people who are just hearing you will will look at that. Uh, what is what is a tier that you're especially excited about? I'm going to run down to where the uh, the tier uh, packages are. Which one am I excited about? Yeah, like if, if someone was coming to you and they, they'd already read issues one and two, what would you want them to know? It's a Somebody buy some of those shirts. I got to print a bunch of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shirts are... Uh... <laughs> I've not, I've not I always make week. shirts just because I like shirts. Like I make nothing on those. Yeah. Um, and especially this campaign, <laughs> because I haven't sold enough of them. Um, uh, you know, it's you know there that might be a reason. Numbers. Yeah, Go there ahead, might sorry. be a there might be a reason why you can get a shirt from Tart's first campaign and second campaign, and not the third, <laughs> fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, or ninth campaign, or tenth, eleventh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would do a shirt if that was the campaign. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think the uh, variant cover is kind of a cool thing to grab. It's gorgeous. First, it's a first thing. So, um, and that one right there is both of the covers signed. Oh, nice! And uh, I actually got Georges to agree to sign some of his covers. Oh, wow! So that's kind of a cool thing too that you'll be able to get that uh, 
obviously I can't get Donnie to sign stuff. It's not a feasible thing for me <laughs> to ship stuff to Indonesia and then him ship it back. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's not an option, but, uh, but it would be pretty cool to get uh, both of those autographs on that cover. Mm -hmm. On a, you know, $150 for an interior page of this artwork is not, I mean, that's a good price for interior yeah. art. That's, yes. That's, that's well worth it. Um, the no, interior cover. My best friends bought that interior cover and somebody else grabbed the cover of Donnie's. Oh, nice. Nice. So, so yeah, this is, this one's gone. You guys yep. are, you guys are too late. Sorry. We should have gotten you, but George is still around. Now, $500 is definitely a higher price point, but it's it is, George's Genty. Yeah, if you price, and granted, I'm not uh, I'm not dark horse, but if you price what his covers go for, just look mm -hmm. some of them up on Heritage. You're not yeah. getting one for 500 bucks. No, no, not at all. No, it's, it's not a bad price for, it's a good value, even if it's higher. And guess what? As Tyler says, we are not our audience. Exactly. Uh, $500 <laughs> to us, $500 to us could be $50 to someone else or yep. could be $5,000 to someone else. It really and if nobody is... grabs it, uh, that bad boy will be in a frame on my wall. <laughs> <laughs> that's not that's not a bad consolation prize. Exactly. Hey, uh, I want to, uh, uh, sorry, I want to jump in for just a second. We're, I think, down to the, about the last three minutes of Toddler Apocalypse. Ooh. Um, so I'm going to put that up there and, uh, yeah, about three more minutes to go. Uh, George and team have hit, uh, $9,059, which is That's amazing. Awesome. Yeah. 234 backers. So if anybody's out there and you've not backed it yet, give it a look. Uh, I've got the, the link up there. It's, uh, it's something that, uh, is really cool. And I think you'd enjoy. Yeah, no, it, it's a it's a great thing and you got four minutes i would do if you're listening to this on the podcast uh Sorry. i mean i'm sure george could sell send it to you at some point but <laughs> yeah too, too late for you you gotta you, you guys gotta come on live on friday nights to get some of these but you know that's right um i i would just say patrick thank you the book looks mm -hmm. great um yes. let's uh put up the banners for the other uh Yep. The, the uh, things that are still live and let's let uh, Patrick get to sleep. That's right. Thanks hey for guys, I really appreciate you letting me come on. And, it was uh, great to meet you. Again sometime. Absolutely. Yep. We'll be one yep. of your dozen interviews next campaign. That's right. <laughs> God willing. <laughs> All right, you guys have a good one. We'll talk Thanks. later. Absolutely. All right. Drumsticks so of doom. John Westoff's uh, indie rocker book about if um, basically if Black Sabbath had been the world's biggest band instead of the Beatles, um, it would have brought about some some of the terrors that your grandparents told you would happen if heavy metal ruled the world and <laughs> demons and werewolves and all kinds of things happened. We don't know exactly about this, but it's John's a great dude. And this looks like a real fun comic. Mm hmm. Absolutely. And then I think we mentioned it earlier, uh, ending on February 28th, we've got uh, the Breakneck Fantasy Anthology by some guy. What was his name? I, can't, I don't know. He was on the tip of my tongue. I, I don't I don't know. Gerald and Ignacio kind of <laughs> hang out with us. So uh, Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> but but we don't we don't know what to call them yet. The, next week, we'll be able to say if they are um, 
yourselfers or uh, yeah. what are they? Explainers, yourselfers, or or know thyselfers. <laughs> <laughs> I know what I would vote for, but I don't think that I'm allowed to vote. I, we don't, I don't get think to we're vote, allowed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or just some assholes. Yeah. You know what? That's perfect for Will and I. That's us. Yeah. <laughs> you know you belong if you're some asshole. <laughs> uh fabulous book breakneck fantasy black and white extraordinary mm -hmm. art um you know i i jump on the art because i haven't read it they were nice enough to send me the pdf um like weeks before and i forgot and i <laughs> i forgot to read it so i i can read it but i haven't and i apologize but um that is uh that is that for breakneck definitely would check it out if i were you Oh, he came up, Pat Shand, uh, Prison Witch Volume Three. This is the finale of his witches, a witch's coven in prison story. Um, you can get all three volumes. That's what, what uh, I almost said. That's what she said, but that's what I did. And uh, I watched a lot of The Office today, bagging and boarding. Uh, so. It's Pat Shan book, so I mean that that's yeah. kind of all I have to say about backing backing that one, but uh, definitely worth your time. Uh, this next one is sponsored by Microsoft Excel. Phil Falco's haunting. <laughs> this little piece of shit uh, brings ghosts into the real world, and they come pissed and angry and murderous, and he doesn't care um, until he meets a very uh, religious woman named Faith and. Uh, she cares and maybe he'll get his soul back over the <laughs> eight to 12 issues, but I'm not sure. Uh, very great art, uh, cool story. Phil's a great guy. So the haunting, you can catch up on that as well. In the campaign. Um, Charlie Stickney was on, he was here with the adept, uh, young lady who is taught martial arts as she sleeps. So she dreams that she's learning martial arts until she goes to a concert with her estranged little sister and sees the man who has been teaching her martial arts in her dreams on stage, looking like he may be attacking, but is actually protecting the lead singer in the thing. So, uh, Back to issue one, back to issue two. Charlie's a uh, friend of ours, friend of the shows. and uh, Fantastic uh, art by uh, yeah. Yishan Lee. Yeah. Uh, so, it's amazing. Yeah. And sticking within our, uh, you know, martial arts, we we have the Cat uh, Calamia's uh, The Dancer, number two. You can catch up with issue one and two. This is a more psychological take on... Um, what would happen if a, a vigilante had to really look and see the damage that they themselves had caused? It's kind of like if Batman really realized that maybe he wasn't doing great things with what with his his life. Uh, good story uh, came from Cat's uh, life as a dancer and martial arts enthusiast, and uh, you know, Cat's just fabulous. So, mm -hmm. absolutely. I guess I don't have to talk about Toddler Apocalypse. Do we have any time left on it? No, it is funded, and I think it saw a last-second bump because it was at ninety fifty nine. I think it ended up at nine one oh nine. So that that was us, man. That was totally us. Yeah, you're welcome, yeah. George. Yeah. <laughs> and then I think that's it. I think that's it. All right. Yeah. Well, we got one more comment. I see up there. Make sure we didn't. <laughs> 
Oh, oh, I, I didn't mean, I took took this out of context. He's such a little shit piece of shit. I forgot we were talking about Phil's uh, character in Haunting. I was just like, who's a little piece of shit? I want to get on this. <laughs> well, you know what, Blake? You could be talking about Will or I when you say he's such a little piece of shit. And we'd appreciate it either way. So yeah. thank you, everyone, for hopping in. And mm-hmm. uh, I think we'll see you next week. We are hoping to have Bloom Pretty, the creators from the Bloom Pretty campaign. Uh, allergy season hit really hard, so they weren't able to join us tonight. Um, you know what? Real quick, why don't we check out that campaign? Because the art on it is absolutely gorgeous. It um, it's at, for it's it's for mature audiences. Has some beautiful art, some sexy censored art on the page, but uh, I'm perfectly fine with that yeah and lisa the uh, lisa fowler is the writer and she's been working on this for this project for a long time so yeah and it just jumped up while you were on the page up to 460 backers already wow i mean that's amazing it Uh, it is it's an all-female team so even though it is for mature audiences and as we'll see when we get to it there is some nudity in the book it's also not it doesn't feel to me from the outside exploitative or um you know yeah exploitative it just it feels like they're telling the story they want to tell and that story is mature and has some beautiful um sensual artwork that tells that story oh yeah and the uh, the variant covers uh, are spectacular i mean the the yeah. standard cover is amazing but then you know they've got some really awesome artists to do some variant coverage and uh, it's just a beautiful project i mean look at that art yeah this this uh i don't even this their fantasy deer is just Mm -hmm. extraordinary blue a blue beast that's just gorgeous so we will learn more about bloom pretty hopefully next week Mm -hmm. um and We've got some books coming up. We've got Fellhound coming up. Oh, We've yeah. got uh, Russell Nohelty is going to be launching Cthulhu is Hard to Spell, the third and last volume of that anthology. We've got some great books coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, so please come check us out next Friday at 11 p.m. Eastern. Or uh, if you're listening on the podcast, uh, I you know, everybody says this. So I guess write and review it. And uh, you know mm-hmm. what? review it honestly as long as you honestly think it's a five star and if you don't then don't review it honestly give us five stars (laughs) exactly (laughs) i'm not into lying but i am into gaming the system okay guys (laughs) Uh, so shawnee says on the boom pretty that uh she went for the art nouveau cover so all of them are just absolutely gorgeous Mm -hmm. uh Whatever you guys decided to call yourselves tonight, uh, really appreciate you stopping in, and yep. uh, that uh, I'm I'm really excited for the poll. Good night, everybody. Yep. Take care. Good night. <laughs>